Admiralty Law. Mr. Edwards, this is the time and place set for your arraignment. Do you consent to have an arraignment by video conference? Uh, sir, is this an admir uh, maritime Admiralty Law courtroom that we're uh, processing me through? No, it's not. This is not a maritime Admiralty Law courtroom. I believe so. No. It is. Absolutely, it is. All courtrooms in this country are maritime Admiralty Law courtrooms that process people, aren't they? No, sir. That's false information. Well, either way, either way, this courtroom is trying to process me as state property. You see this fictitious name statement? Asher Edwards spelled in all capital letters. This is not my name. My This name was issued to me without my consent, and you cannot legally process me through this courtroom with this uh, without this name in all capital letters that was issued without my consent. My name is spelled Asher Edwards, first capital, all lowercase, Edwards, first capital, all lowercase. And this is the birth name given to me by my parents, protected by the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States guarantees that I'm a free born citizen, inherently owned by no entity. And this fictitious name statement in all capital letters is a declaration of property of my person. Okay. And so therefore, because this fictitious name statement was issued to me without my consent, therefore it is illegal for you to process me through this courtroom. So you guys have to figure out something else to do with me. Court will enter a not guilty plea on your behalf. We'll show time is not waived. Set this matter for trial setting conference. Uh, we'll set this matter for pre-preliminary hearing within the statutory period. And I would like to see the gun. It said I had a gun. I've never had a gun since I got out of jail. This matter. Set this matter for pre-preliminary. Sir, do not speak while I'm. Do not speak while I'm speaking, sir. This matter is set for pre-preliminary hearing. So he has muted the man, and also the man is being filmed by basically what looks like a surveillance camera from above, and he's in an orange jumpsuit with handcuffs on, and he's still talking about like that they can't legally have done any of the things they've done to him. Make him change into the jumpsuit. Right. Put on the handcuffs. I mean, yeah, I, I have to uh, admire the tenacity of Sovereign Citizens, mm -hmm. at the very least. They mm -hmm. keep insisting that their shit works, even when they it fails them over and over again. Love it. What blows my mind about Sovereign Citizens is that you can, like, see one in, like, a situation where you would, like, feel sympathy for pretty much anyone else in. But then it's like, you know, you just hear them start, yeah. like, this, like, angry, smug tirade. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, man, this is a fucked up, injust system. But, man, Lock dude, up. you in particular, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Fuck this dude. Like... <laughs> So anyway, it is time to talk about the gold fringe on the flag. In writing the section, an above-the-law article by Joe Patrice called The Stupid Pro Se Legal Theory Making Rounds was very helpful. According to Sovereign Citizens, there are two types of criminal proceedings, common law trials and admiralty tribunals. You can tell what type of proceedings are happening by the flag in the courtroom. If the flag is exactly as described in the United States flag code, then the case is a case under common law. And in the sovereign citizen world, only flesh and blood persons who have been victims of a crime of physical violence can prosecute violations of common law. And therefore, it is not legal for entities like the people of the state of Illinois or the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to be parties to a common law criminal suit. So in order to send someone to prison or impose a fine on them, the court has to force them into an admiralty tribunal where they can apply illegitimate statutory law. And just, again, this is not how law works. This is not real, yeah, this is up. fake. Um, yeah. To do this, they must fly a gold-fringed flag to symbolize <laughs> naval warfare and place a bar between the judge and the defendant so that the courtroom can symbolically transform into oh the bridge of a God. ship. This is so good.
Uh, I have not been served my grog. I'm getting scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, the sovereign citizen must recognize the illicit proceeding and object to the gold fringe on the flag. Otherwise, they consent to losing all of their rights. Uh, excuse me, Your Honor. Would you bring the flag behind you a little bit closer to the monitor? See. I can't quite see. Is there gold there? Any gold, gold. fringe? That's oh, gold. That is gold. Release me immediately. <laughs> It's a symbolism uh, will be their downfall kind of thing, mm -hmm. but I think that they can sort of uh, unlock the secret codes of reality by looking mm -hmm. at certain basically meaningless little decorative, you know, uh, factors. Yeah, this is like Michael in the office screaming, I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> Posse comitatus. So where did all this stuff start from, apart from the minds of 10,000 rambling conmen? We can find that answer with Posse comitatus, a militant anti-government movement that was foist onto the national scene by a group of bigots and tax doctors in the middle of the century. Much of the information from this segment on Posse history is from the book Terrorist Next Door, The Militia Movement and the Radical Right by Daniel Levitas. We first turn to the Posse's bedrocks, the tax protest and the Christian identity movements. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. <laughs> <laughs>